Thank you so much for finding and trust Equipping Leaders again. We're back with part two of the conversation between Stephen Olson and Nick Nedelchev about life, ministry, travels, and adventures behind the Iron Curtain and beyond. Nick is Bulgarian, Stephen is American, and these two guys, well, you just have to listen to Nick praying before the interview to get an idea of his personality. Okay. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity from so many thousand miles or kilometers far away. Make the work perfectly of the technology and the people who operate with the technology. And also give us clear mind to be precise, to be clear when we speak and when we listen. Bless uh, Lori to be concentrate and to be under your control. Bless Stephen. And also, if they are dogs, let them not bark, because I'm afraid of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, Nick is the comic of the two. Let's listen in as the two old friends pick up their story and stick around for wise advice from both of these seasoned men of God. I was former football player, but my father was a military officer before communists to come. And uh, he disagreed to cooperate or to collaborate. That's why everything which was uh, negative on his files, like or not, became my experience. Now, this was not that bad because I did not uh, uh, pretend being football player, I have enough influence and enough opportunity. But I have a terrible experience when I broke my leg and uh, football was gone. That time, God used this opportunity when actually I met Stephen. I was already with uh, working in one of the, the best specialists in roofing, but using copper and special other materials. And if you are not afraid from high, from bad temperature or good temperature, and I like it. This was well-paid job, very risky job. But on the other side, I could do, I was free, for instance, to do what I want to do. And that time, after I became a believer, I gave my uh, life for uh, uh, developing and I became part of the Bible study group, which was using the materials which the Father of Grace have prepared. Mm -hmm. uh, I was ordained as a traveling preacher in the Baptist Union in early, very less than two years after I became a believer. And then uh, later, I was uh, also assistant pastor, but never took position as a full-time pastor. I was paid pastor only eight months, and I consider this as one of the biggest uh, mistakes in my life. Okay. But I, that's enough for us. So, now, yes. Steve? Yeah, so maybe you can talk to Steve. Those early days of training, what, what you were sort of doing this on your own because BEE as such wasn't exactly focusing on Bulgaria yet, but you said, well, I'm going to trust God for the money. You were traveling in and out. 
talk about that process. Did you develop a team? Did you have trouble crossing the border? What did you tell the border guards that you were going to do when you got into Bulgaria? You know, I really didn't have any issues at the border. It was, it was really pretty, pretty easy going, unlike some other countries. And, uh, you know, I think it was, uh, you know, there was always, almost always someone traveled with me. So it wasn't that I was going by myself all the time. There was a body of, of men, sort of young men who, who had, I guess, 10 to 12 or so that were, I think, more integrally involved with this. But as we began to open up different groups in different parts of the country, it just, um, things just began to span. A lot of it was by word of mouth. And um, yeah, I just felt like it was God was doing, was doing for, for the time that was what was happening in the country, this seemed to be right. Now, Stephen, remember that we always show this picture from the summer of 1979 in Velingrad. We have one week training, Charlotte and Stephen came. And this training we consider as the first one because we have inductive Bible uh, study method working. And also we have Galatians and Romans later. Uh, ID course, evangelism and discipleship, develop our own courses, knowing God course, using Packer's book and Tozer's book, and several other courses which meet the need. We have great partners. Slavic Gospel Association was a good partner of us, and several universities have been good partners with us. Moody Bible Institute was a good partner, and uh, Philadelphia Biblical University, and Columbia University, and several others. So in all of this, you did, you're doing religious things, though, under communism, and, and, and Stephen is coming in and out of the country. And I know you've told me before, Nick, you don't like to talk about big, wild stories of danger and sneaking around just to be dramatic and so on. But do you have any stories, just the same, <laughs> of, of encounters with the authorities or any trouble that you got into during those years? We have many. We have been involved in smuggling Bibles, and there, there are several books about Bible smugglers. And just recently, somebody says, I have read. I, I have seen your pictures even there with your... I say, forget about that. I have neighbors who are former secret police uh, officers, and after changes, they come and they confess and we are friends now. Some of them passed away. They need spiritual help. But it's interesting how they, they are living 50 meters from our balcony, and they never ask me or got close their eyes because we have times when 15, 16 people were in our living room, and isolation is very poor, and the family above, the family down, the family on the left, the family on the right, all of them have been members of the Communistic Party. Never had any problems with those people. Give credit to the, to the power of God and his strategy to protect. Not, mm -hmm. We are not clever. 
one example. They have been uh, checking out from 88, no, 81 till 85, every home for people who are in the leadership of religion groups. They never come to our home. These are miracles. These are absolutely amazing stories. I do think you have one story about being in a house where some kind of exciting things happened. Looked like it was going to be bad, the story. but it didn't. Yeah, Stephen, can you tell us about that close run-in you had? Well, we periodically would have uh, sort of getaways, go to different places in the mountains or go to different places in the country. And one of the fellows who was in the group, his dad had a place that was uh, out in the countryside. It was a small, really a small house, had two floors. And uh, so we were there, but there were about, I don't know, eight or 10 of us, I guess, Nick, right? Something like that. Mm -hmm. I actually had a couple of friends who were from Slovakia who came down also, who were part of it. And, uh, and yeah, while we were meeting together, on one of the evenings, uh, we heard this banging on the door outside. And, uh, you know, I didn't understand what was being said. Uh, Nick understood. What did he say? Uh, this is the police. You need to surrender or something like this. Yes, surrender. You have been discovered. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, but it was, uh, of course, everyone in the in the room there was a little bit uh, quiet. Or everything was very quiet. You know, some people's faces got a little white, as <laughs> and a little nervous. But the the, the fellow whose house, uh, the, uh, one of the students who was responsible for getting us this place. He went outside to check who this was. And he was out there for, I don't know how long, maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes talking to this man. And it just turned out that he was a neighbor who was very, very drunk. And uh, of course, it, uh, we were relieved that it wasn't the police and they weren't gonna come take us all. But I think that the fact was that it, it gave a little bit of a picture for me of just sort of how people you know, how, how they, these kind of situations would be very uh, difficult for them. And saying you lived under this kind of thing that could happen, most likely it's not gonna happen, but sometimes it did happen and so forth. And so therefore people, it was, a, it was quite an experience, one we laugh about afterwards, but in, in the moment, it was something that was very serious, of course. And I think you were describing the house that it, uh, it, it had the had that been the police making you come. There was no escape out of this house. Right. There, there were bars on the windows, and it would, it, it, as I understood, it was a place that was used as a that the Russians actually used once upon a time for a little prison to hold people prisoner. Just a loud, drunken neighbor giving you a big scare after right. all. My goodness. What about um? All of your time together, I know you two even, not only Stephen, you came to Bulgaria, but I think the two of you traveled sometimes together as, oh, yeah. as in our, our lovely story about the Trabant and so on. What are some things you, you learned from each other, uh, spiritually, biblically? I'm sure it wasn't just one way. I'm sure you both were learning from one another. You know, I think that there were, you know, first for myself, it was, 
we just enjoy being together. I think there was just a, a stories, you know, that, that would be told, whether it be from in Bulgaria or for some stories that I would share from my own travels in other countries. Uh, you know, we would share about, you know, what the needs that were present, maybe in the situation where we were going, we'd pray together. We would, uh, and, uh, you know, there were just, uh, I think, a real honest uh expression of you know our thoughts and feelings with each other as we travel and uh i uh i think the thing with what i really appreciated about nick is um you know of course nick was very open and you know never met a stranger i don't think and that kind of thing but he he, he was willing to uh, go to places where yeah, maybe they didn't always agree with us and maybe, maybe they were from a different denomination or maybe from a different situation. That somehow that God was opening a door to be able to, to, to provide some additional training in, in the different locations. Yeah, it just was a good time to be together. And we, we, uh, we enjoyed that. Nick, you had some thoughts about Stephen too, some things you observed about him as an uh as a big, tall American and so forth. What did you learn from him or what was his example to you? Several things really uh, with the time going, I discovered first Stephen reached me with his patience, his uh, opportunity not to confront immediately, even he doesn't like some food or some situation or some uh, of the cultural issues, but he never confront. Uh, we have confrontation with other people, but Stephen helped me to, to see that there is always opportunity to find a way for even conflict uh, solution in the time when things are not okay. Uh, one thing we discover, there was time when we have several Traban cars and the Trabi is a small car. But most of the Americans are very long, tall. And they want to see, especially when they are on the front seat, to put their hand, uh, no, their feet, cross it, and sometimes uh, crossing, they touch the wheel and uh, they actually give blessing with their dirty shoes to <laughs> your hands. And uh, Stephen never have done it. But much smaller people have done. When I try to correct them, they say, oh, you go and buy bigger car. This car is too small for us. <laughs> Those kind of things uh, touch my heart because he was very sensitive. But also, I will say he was quite good listener. Uh, what I learned, time is short. God has given us opportunity for one segment of time to be together. <laughs> and he, Stephen showed me and help me to use this time the best way. Not to focus on the weakness or the mistakes, but to focus on the success and opportunities. 
Later, I developed course of uh, leadership about how to train leaders of Christian organizations or parachurch organization. And I was using some of the things which I learned from Steve. Um, yet, in fact, Nick, you wrote a few courses, didn't you, during those years? I wrote several. First course was uh, Manual on Stewardship. And uh, this I use with permission, some materials from American uh, Stewardship Association and ask them permission because I was impressed how to raise funds and how to spend, to be God's faithful instrument in uh, for our time, for our resources, our gift, our opportunities, and blah, blah, blah. Later, I asked permission because I was teaching this course in Romania. Uh, Romanians want to be translated into Romanian, and they still use on the bachelor and master level this course. Another thing, course which I did was a course which helped in leadership development, managing Christian organization, but it is uh, on the area how we can do better leaders for something which does not belong to us, or was given to us. This is a little mix between stewardship and uh, management of Christian organization. Another mm -hmm. little one, uh, I haven't done it, but I encourage somebody else to do, and it was about cults, cults and religion. Mm -hmm. And this is official course, which we're teaching. And uh, this helped because actually Bulgaria is a crossroad from east to west and south to north for many centuries. And also several original religions have been started in Bulgaria. And so you were, you know, you really emerged as a leader in your country on so many levels. I mean, now you're known as a, I mean, you have many titles and you've helped start at the Bible school, the Logos Bible school, I think. And you're an ambassador for Entrust and you travel around the world and European Evangelical Alliance. Stephen, did you know you were investing in such a major leader back in the day when you got started with Nick? You know, I really didn't think much about that. On the one hand, I just felt like that, that um, Nick was someone who had a vision for, for young men, young women to teach and to, and yeah, we just come alongside each other. And, and, and I think that uh, the things that I learned in the country through sort of through him and the other Bulgarians, you know, I took that with myself and went to a lot of other countries, you know, and have, have worked. And it doesn't surprise me uh, as to, what, you know, where the Lord has taken Nick. You know, the, the interesting thing about having worked in many different countries, of course, is that, that God is, has had his people there before, you know, we ever came, of course. And there, there, there were different people like Nick and in, in, in other countries who God has used in very significant and broad, broad ways. And, uh, and just to be able to have a small part in their lives and for them to have a part in my life has been a, a true blessing for me.
One thing is I always have been uh, deeply impressed with the ministry of some people, different period of the development of the church and society. One of them was uh, uh, Moody, Spurgeon, Sankey, uh, Jonathan Edwards, and I can continue name those people, and I was read, and I was learning from them. But one thing is that Billy Graham never visited Bulgaria. And my mother-in-law always prays. He has been in all the countries in our neighborhood, never to Bulgaria. But I was coordinating the two of the campaign of Billy Graham, and it was in 1993, we have so-called Prochrist with satellites, uh, spreading the good news with satellites to all the European countries, including Northern uh, Africa. 1995, it was global from Puerto Rico to all over. That time, uh, I met two times uh, Mr. Graham, and he wanted me to go and become part of his European team. And I said no. And uh, for my surprise, he, when I was in, the, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and this was 1993, and he says, why you don't want to come and be 50% only half time in our, uh, in our group? I said, because I have commitment. I have one portion of life and I'm committed to Bulgaria and the neighboring country. And actually, the, the, the vision for Bible, Biblical Academy Logos was to teach and spread the gospel and train multiplied churches and leaders for Bulgaria, Balkan, and beyond. And I told him, I have no opportunity that I will change my mind. This, he blessed me. He prayed for me, and uh, when he passed away, his son, who became my, my, I was his advisor, we were talking for Franklin, and uh, he called me and says, Nick, you have to fly, take flight, the first flight and come. I know that you have visa. And I said, why to come? You are in the, my father, prepare his will. And you are in this group of 50, you have to be at uh, the funeral. And I said, well, no way, because tickets are so expensive. He said, this is condition, we'll pay your hotel, but no way to pay, you have to pay. And I went there, and when all those presidents for many countries, all those people were there, the leader of the funeral, the one who conducted the funeral, was Sami Dudas, my good friend from Beirut, from Le uh, Lebanon. And we have been working together. But the fact is, God keep me in a relationship but never allow me to take any official position in, position in that time. I mean, this is just another evidence of how God's hand was on you, Nick, from a young age. And as Stephen said, the Lord has his people in these countries 
and people come and find them. And, and the thing about it, BEE or in trust, a lot of people ask us, well, don't you do evangelism? You know, go tell, tell people about the Lord Jesus. Well, of course, that's important. No one would deny that. But the calling of entrust is more finding those key leadership people and pouring into them, equipping them, training them, that they might go forward and do the leadership in their countries. It seems like it really played out here in uh, Stephen identifying some key leaders in Bulgaria and you just making this friendship and, and then look how far that's gone. So what about just as the two of you um, have had your lives of ministry and growing, what is the advice you want to pass on to the next generation of, of Christians coming up behind you? Nick, I'll let you go. <laughs> you are very humble, brother. Uh, <laughs> number one, redeem the time. Make sure you make mistakes, confess your weakness, but do much better. Second thing, don't work as a, a, a single leader or uh, going because along you will go faster. But if you want to go longer, you have to have a team. Be a team builder and a leader part of the team. Third, never allow your hands to, be, to become dirty with touching money. I personally was never involved with money. Money can be great help, but also can be a very bad steward. And the last, you have to have a goal. And my goal is finish well, finish strong. Finish well and finish strong. And I believe you will. Absolutely. How about you, Stephen? Advice for leaders coming up behind you. I think that uh, one of the most important things is to be committed to the Word of God. You know, today is uh, the, the, so, so much is being challenged in Scripture. And I think that the fact that we need to be developing men and women who have, have a commitment to the word of God, whatever the cost. And secondly, I think uh, is that I've just found that, that it's been important to hold the ministry, whatever you're doing, hold it with open hands. Give, give God room to work. Give him room to work in the lives of the men and women that you, the word is placed in your way. You can help, but don't uh, don't force things. But allow the spirit to work in their life, even as he's worked in yours. Hmm. And uh, and the other thing is to realize that learning is a two way street, and and be be teachable basically. And uh, not only you're encouraging, but just through uh, the things that you do, that you'll be encouraged through those you work with. And another area that I found is important that everyone is a great worth to value them. And, uh, you know, we all have different gifts, different uh, personalities, different ways about us that uh, just allowing uh, God to work in that life, even if he's worked in yours. And 
to somehow another to encourage them uh, in the gifts that God has given. Wow, good advice. Take it from Nick Nadelchev and Stephen Olson. Staying in God's Word, staying free from financial entanglement, redeeming your time, it's all really important. If you missed the first part of this conversation, go back to the previous episode to hear how Stephen and Nick traveled around Bulgaria in an East German Trabant, lacking a windshield, and how the Holy Spirit apparently entered the car and rode with them. And next week, plan to listen to our podcast as we hear from a pair of women, one in Canada, one in Latvia, about the joys, ups, downs, laughter, and tears of intercultural ministry together. Share our podcast with a friend, and we'll see you next time on Entrust, Equipping Leaders. <music>